on a series that we have called It's Your Move. And I believe that uh, we are to be uh, moving out in what God has for us. Church on the move, right? Isn't that right? I mean, if we're a church on the move, we ought to be moving, right? And so God wants us to be impacting the world. And I believe that he's designed every one of us uh, to make a life-giving difference in people's lives. I believe no matter what age, from the youngest to the oldest, that every one of us, as long as you have breath, you, you still can be impactful. And I don't care who you are, you can be impactful. And so today, we're going to continue this series. We're going we're gonna to conclude it today. And then next week, I am starting a series. Nor, normally do a standalone series uh, on Easter, but I really felt uh, the Lord leading me to, to start our next series called Burn the White Flag. And uh, it's going to be a series I've been meditating on uh, for a good while, for probably a couple of months now, and uh, I just believe it's going to be good. There's too many people uh, that need to hear this. Uh, We need to burn the white flag, the flag flag that says, I quit, I surrender, I'm done, I'm over, I'm not going any further. It needs to be burned. We need to go forward in what God has for us. We need to go into the promised land, quit wandering in the wilderness, go in and and bring down those giants. Amen? And so we're going to kick that off next week, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, But today, I want to continue this series, and I've entitled today's series, Move with Compassionate Favor. Compassionate Favor. Uh, and, and you'll understand this a little bit more. We've been talking in this series about compassion. We've been taking, uh, really, Jesus' example for us. When he saw the multitudes, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, he saw the multitudes, and when he saw them, something happened inside of him. And so Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says this, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. I love that. He was moved. He allowed compassion to motivate him, move him into action, to do something. And the Bible says, because why? Because they had great need. There was something going on in people's lives that needed his response of of compassion toward them. And so he saw that they were weary and that they were scattered. Uh, Other translations said that they were helpless and hopeless. and, And so he saw that taking place and he was moved with compassion like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest, he called those multitudes harvest, people, the harvest of people. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And really what he was communicating there is that there are very few people that will move with compassion. And that's one of the reasons why I entitled this message, It's Your Move. I think there's a lot of good Christians, a lot of good people, but not a lot of motivated. Now, thank God that's not said of us. Not anybody in this, in this room, right? I mean, we're all moved with compassion. Amen? And so we've been dissecting that whole word of compassion because that compassion is com- com- compact with a bunch of different meanings. And so we've been looking over that. And I want to encourage you, if you've missed some of these messages, you can go on to our website, cotmtyler.org, and you can catch up on those and listen to them. But uh, today, it just brings me to, just brings me to today's uh, meaning of compassion. Uh, one of the meanings, one of the root meanings of compassion is favor. 
that when, when, when there's somebody in need, it's not because they're deserving or because they uh, merit your compassion. It's because you show them favor. Because they need it, you kick into action regardless if, if, if they have uh, any good standing with you or not. You just need to take care of it. Amen? Amen. And so we need to be moving out with compassion. So, so Ephesians chap- tells, uh, chapter 5 tells us this in verse 1, that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. I got to thinking about the multitudes because the Bible says that Jesus was looking at the multitudes. He saw all kinds of people. And in that group of people, there were a lot of people at different places, different stages, different areas of life. Some of them, I'm sure, were uh, you know, just there to see what was going on. They were just there to observe. I'm sure they, they weren't necessarily Christ followers or Christ seekers. I'm sure that they, just, they were just part of the, cla- uh, the crowd. They were just there to see what's going on. So I'm sure there was a lot of people there probably that didn't even have a heart for God or even with their lifestyle opposed God in opposition of God. But something happened in Jesus that needs to happen in us regardless of where people may be in their stages of life is that we need to have a compassion for people. We need to have a compassion where it moves us to do something about it. It's because people need you. And so Ephesians 5 verse 1 tells us this. It says that we're to be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate God. What are we to to imitate? His compassion. We're to imitate His ministry here on this earth and the impact that He made in people's lives. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you are a Christ follower, you have the potential, regardless of age, regardless of background, regardless of where you are spiritually, you have, the, you, have the, you have the ability to make a difference in somebody else's life. You can make an impact. And God wants us all to make an impact. And, and so what do we need? We need, we need favor. We need, we need to move out in favor. We need to not look at people and size them up and say, do they even deserve my compassion? And see, favor is not, it's not that the people are deserving or not. Because that doesn't matter. Compassion just sees the need, sees the hurt, sees the pain, and says, I want to I move out. I want to make a difference of it, in, in it. Now, here's compassion. I define this. This is one of the things that I, I pray and I declare every day. And compassion is this. Compassionate favor, it protects. It blesses. It opens doors. Without favor, there's some doors that will just never be open for you and I. It's not because we deserve this, it's just because we've got God's favor on our life. And, and, and somebody, maybe somebody that you know uh, says a good word for you, and because of that, a door's open for you, not because they, they even uh, owe you anything. You, it is, it's not this, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. It's just that favor opened a door. Favor opens doors, opportunities, ideas, connections, connecting with the right people. That's what favor is. And sometimes we just, you know, people are, uh, people are in different places in life. And, and everybody in this place has a need. 
Every in, everybody that we come into contact with has a need. And, and there's lots of pains and lots of problems. And, and I'm here to tell you that we are a solution for people's problems. Maybe not all of them, but somebody's. I mean, we're only one people in, in individually. But being one person, we can sure make a big impact. And we can be a solution to people's problems. And so there are people right now that need you to help them open a door that they could no otherwise be able to go through unless they, they had your influence in their life. They need you to provide an opportunity somehow, some way. Maybe because you connect them with somebody, a connection, a divine appointment, a divine connection that will help them through their, their, their dilemma in life. I've seen people get jobs that way. I've seen people they, that uh, because of somebody uh, that, uh, that God put in their heart, that God used this person to open the door for somebody else just by connecting them uh, with that other person. You know, it's just God will do that. He does that for us. And he wants to use us in the lives of others to to connect people together. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about all the needs that are out there and the influence that God wants to give us. You know, God called us to be influencers. And and, and so we've got to get the idea out of our minds because we, we too many times we're so judgmental. We'll size people up and we'll determine whether they're going to get our time of the day, whether they're going to get our energy, our influence, our whatever. Am I making sense? And, and, and so as I was thinking about this and meditating on the Word and just allowing God to speak to me, the, the whole story of the prodigal son came to mind. And a very undeserving guy. Matter of fact, he was probably somebody that was not deserving of the prodigal's father uh, receiving him back in. How many of you have heard about the prodigal son in the Bible, okay? Most of us, if not all of us maybe, if you've been around any kind of teachings of the uh, church, you've heard of the prodigal son. And uh, there was a day that he came to his father and he says, I want, I want my inheritance. And that was a slap in the face to the Father, to want your inheritance. And it was basically, he was making this statement, I wish you were dead so that I could have my inheritance. But since you're not, go ahead and give it to me anyway. And the Bible says that the Father went ahead and gave, it, gave him the inheritance. And what happened is that he went and he went and spent all of that inheritance on prodigal living, just bad living, horrible living, sinful living. And the Bible says that there was a famine that came through the land and, and he, became, uh, became, uh, he, he came to a place where he had want in his life. And he ended up uh, feeding the hogs. And he wasn't even able to get fed what they were eating. Uh, you go and read it. It's, it's interesting. As I read that this week. And so he says, you know what? I need to go back to my father's house and just ask my father to forgive me and let me just be one of the servants, just one of the hired hands. And as I looked over this story, I saw this whole idea of favor being uh, just really blanketed over the whole story. And so I want to take you to it, and I just want to show you some, some stuff. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, to Luke chapter uh, 15, verse 20. I'm going to jump up to verse 20. I encourage you. And, and, and if you read this whole story it, in Luke's gospel, you see the, 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 the parable of the lost sheep and the lost son. I mean, the lost sheep and then the lost coin and then the lost son. And that's the whole parable. And, and, and so we're going to pick up in verse 20, and it says, And he, talking about the prodigal, he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. And get this, he had compassion. He, he, had, he had exhibited compassion towards him. And notice this, his response. He ran and fell on his neck. One translation says he hugged his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The first thing that I saw here about favor, moving with compassionate favor and what it looks like is number one, is that compassionate favor is heartfelt. Can't you hear the heartfelt uh, Love of the Father, it was heartfelt. Don't, don't, don't unhook with me here. Stay hooked up. I, I look back at my life, and I, I, I go back, and I think, as a matter of fact, just earlier when we were worshiping, I was thinking, what was I thinking on some of the decisions that I made before Christ? What was I thinking? Why is it that I did so many stupid things, foolish things, dumb things, that if I told you about them, you would think, you're an idiot. (laughs) You would think, what are you thinking? And maybe all of us can, I'm sure all of us can identify. And I'm here to tell you that this prodigal son, I'm sure thought what he was doing was the right thing. I got, to thinking, I, I got to thinking about this whole story. You know that what he did in his own mind, he had already calculated it, he processed it, and he concluded at the end of his calculation and process that this was a good idea. <laughs> Let me go get my daddy's money. Let me go enjoy life. And everything's going to be okay for the rest of my life. And I got to thinking, why did I do some of the things that I did? Why did I get into drugs? Why did I deal drugs? I mean, I could have been arrested and put in prison. I I could be possibly, potentially, even still serving time today. I I don't know. What was I I thinking at that time? I, I mean, I evidently processed it because I concluded with a decision. And how many times I did that over and over and over that I concluded with a decision. And one of the things that I concluded as I thought about this whole idea is that, you know, I just didn't know any better. I just didn't know any better. I was going by the information that I was gathering as I was going through the journey of life. And all of us are a product of our information that we're gathering, good or bad, we're a product of that information that we've gathered throughout life. And, and you know, when people make decisions that uh, inflict self-infliction on themselves like the prodigal did, just because it's a bad decision, it was a dumb decision that they made, 
doesn't mean that we shouldn't show compassion on them. And, and let me tell you, let me just take it one step further. We need to be heartfelt in showing compassion. You ever been, how, had, had somebody help you out and do something for you? You could, tell you, that you could tell that they helped you and you appreciate the help, but their heart wasn't in it. I felt demoralized. I felt uh, almost ashamed that I was even receiving something from, from that individual. God wants us to be heartfelt. This, this, this guy, I mean, he just, he, just, he just hugged him, loved him, cared for him. Josiah, come here, please. He's just one of our junior dream teamers. He serves in preschool. But it's like, it's just like Josiah right here. It's just like, you know, when I, if he was the prodigal, and he's not in Jesus' name. But Josiah, he's coming back. He's coming back, and he's coming to me, and I'm his dad, and and he comes to me, and it's I see him, and I know the you know the dumb decisions. He went out and he lived this bad life. He wasted all that money. Now he's coming back home, and I see him, and I just embrace him, and I just love him. And I just love him. And I could see that the father's heart was like that, just loving him. It's like, I don't care what you did. I don't care what went on. I don't care if you made some dumb decisions. I don't care what it cost the family. I'm glad you're home. I'm glad you're here. Love this, buddy. Thank you, sir. Which brings me to the sub-point of this is this is that compassionate favor expresses heartfelt care, that you truly care for them. And guys, we just need to care for people. I don't care where they've been, what they've done. It doesn't matter what decision they made or didn't make or should have made or shouldn't have made. Jesus saw the multitudes. And he saw, he knows. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They have no guidance. They have no direction. They need, they need us. They're not out there. I, I, don't, I never made a decision out there saying, I'm going to make this decision, and I hope this decision I make just hurts the dog out of me. I made that decision based on, I hope it turns out right. And we've got to quit looking at people the way that we look at them and judging them and, and condemning them and criticizing them and and I'm telling you, there's people out there, there's people that don't know Christ, and if they do, if they've come in, been introduced to Christ at some point in their life, and yes, they're a Christian, they just they may, may not be renewed in their mind, they still don't know better. Instead of criticizing them, let's love them, let's help them, let's embrace them, and let's make a life-giving difference in their life. Amen? That's the first, that's the first thing I saw in this whole story. And, and, and the second thing I want to share in this, this whole story is this, is that, is, and, and it's found in, uh, it's found in uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 22. It says, And the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his, on his hand and, and uh, sandals on his feet. In, in other words, let's give him his identity back. He's not going to be a servant. He's going to be a son. And, and here's the second point I want to show with, share with you is that compassionate favor is restorative. It's restorative. It's, it restores people. 
It, it, it's like, I know that you, you took off and you were a prodigal and you disassociated yourself and you, you disconnected and you, you broke loose. Let me tell you something about our church. I don't care what people's done. I, I want you to know my heart. I want you to know the heart of this church. We love God and we love people and we do it like crazy. We want to be here for anybody and everybody. And I know that there's going to be some dumb things and some hurtful things from time to time that will hurt you. And regardless of where you're at, you've got to move beyond that and you've got to see beyond the pain of people. Hurting people hurt people and hurt, hurt people get hurt. And so we've got, to, we've got to look beyond it. Most people are not intentionally doing dumb. They just aren't. It just not. I don't believe, I, 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 ne- I make some dumb decisions from time to time because I'm still growing, still learning, and will. And I, I try not to make dumb decisions. But sometimes I make dumb decisions. But I never, my, my, I was, I never got up with the intent of doing that. And I'm just grateful that somebody has reached out in my life in the middle of a, a sea of dumb decisions that I was making and reached out and, had, and gave favor to me and reached out and said, hey, I'm going I'm to restore you. One thing I want to I say, and it's in your notes, I believe, I put it in there in, under point one, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and if we're going to make the impact that God wants us to reach and make, that our objective is not only to touch them and reach them and have heartfelt care towards them, but we want to restore them. That word restore means to refresh. It means to energize, to stimulate, to revive. It means to bring back, reestablish, rebuild. And then in the, uh, the opposite of that is to ne- neglect. And when we neglect, we don't rebuild. We don't re- re- reestablish. We want to reestablish people in, the, in their faith. And, and I, I, I minister to people all the time. And I was thinking about somebody, and I hope I don't embarrass him, but I'm looking at Richard back there in, our, in one of our sound techs. And when I, met, when I first met Richard, he, you know, his, his heart was really, really broken. And, and you know what? My heart just went out to him. And it's like, you know what? Let's restore. Let's help him. Now he's... In the Word, he's praying, he's serving, he's, you know, he, and, and, he, and does he have issues? Oh, Richard has issues. But we all have issues. Oh my, we all have issues. We all do. And if you think you don't have an issue, that's your issue. Seriously. Amen? Amen. And so I was just thinking about Richard and, and, and just uh, how, how far he's come along in his, in his relationship with the Lord, with, his, with the body of Christ. And, and now he's just he's given himself to ministry and, and he's, uh, you know, just faithful. I'm just, I'm, I appreciate him. Amen. And so compassionate, compassionate uh, favor is a subpoint to that is it's full of eager yearning to help restore. I mean, we're eager to help restore. When Jesus saw the multitudes, guess what he was thinking? Restoring, restoration. He's giving us that ministry of restoration. 
Let me give you one final thought before we, before we uh, switch gears here. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay, because I, I mean, the, it's amazing how much you see the word compassion in, uh, 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 all through the Scripture. And I think all through Scripture you see that God showed that favor towards people. Uh, David, King David, one of the most admired kings in, in Scripture, you see him. You know that David didn't seem stupid, right? Yeah. Golly, I don't know what the guy was thinking. Not only did he commit adultery, uh, but uh, he tried to cover it up, and in the covering it up, he not only had uh, a man killed, but he had other people killed because of it, putting the man at the front lines. and uh, It's just a crazy whole ordeal. But God looked beyond that, and he restored David. And the Bible says that David had a heart after God. He saw behind the issues. And we all have issues. We all have problems. And so I'm going to take you to Luke uh, 15 and give you uh, a last thought that I saw out of this whole thing that I think is extremely important. Verse 23, it says, and, and the father says, And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found and they began to be merry. If you look in some translations, that word merry is celebrate. They begin to celebrate. He threw a party. Let me give you, let me give you the, uh, the third thought. Compassionate favor is honoring. Some people, this is a struggle. This is a struggle with. Because you know what somebody's done. You know where they've been in the path of, 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 of their journey in life. You know the, 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 the decisions they've made, maybe the people they've hurt, the things they've done. But you need to understand that this, this young man, his heart was primed to be touched for God or t- touched by God. He wanted to get his life right. He saw, the Bible says that he came to himself. And, and, and the father saw that. He came to himself. The father saw that. He didn't say, why did you do what you did? He didn't condemn him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't belittle him. Instead, he embraced him. He showed that heartfelt uh, love towards him. Uh, he, he did all those things. And then thirdly, he, he did this. He honored him. And he says, let's throw a party. He celebrated him. Nobody ever wants to go where they're just tolerated. They want to go where they're celebrated. If we're going to make the impact that God wants us to make in people's lives, we've got to learn how to celebrate people regardless of where they're at, where they've been, what they've done, how they look, where they're, you know, all the stuff. We've got to learn how to celebrate people. And and, and pastoring people, I have, we all understand that. I pastor people from uh, different backgrounds, different ages, different ethnicity, different uh, stages, and, and regardless of where they're at, I've had to learn to celebrate people. And it's, honestly, it's the joy of my life celebrating people. And that's what, uh, that's what Jesus was telling us with this whole parable, is that we need to learn how to celebrate. Now, here's the problem. Here's the issue. This is a struggle for most people. We have a tendency by nature 
in the flesh to gravitate towards the negative instead of the positive. We have to be proactive. We have to decide. We have to choose to be positive and to celebrate. Otherwise, automatically we go and we default towards the negative. We become like the, the, the brother that was at home. You know what the brother did when he saw they were throwing a party? The Bible says that he got angry because the dad threw him a party. He was angry. He was angry because, because the dad was honoring the son that had been a prodigal. And the dad had to pull him in and he said, what's the deal? And, and the guy says, listen, I've been here and you've never thrown me a party, dad. He says, you've been here. You could have thrown a party. We could have had a party for you any time. He says, but you need to understand, he was lost, but now he's found. He was gone, now he's home. And we're going to party this. We're going to party this out. We're going to rejoice. And guys, I believe the biggest impact that we can make in this world is when we start celebrating people. It's the toughest thing. Because sometimes... Sometimes people don't have actions that you want to celebrate. And we're not condoning the actions, but we're celebrating the people. Amen? Amen? Let me, let me uh, give you the, the, uh, the sub-point to this. Compassionate favor honors by celebrating. Honors by celebrating. And so I conclude this morning with two scriptures really quick. Psalm... Uh, Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9, it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, full of favor, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, say all, All. and His mercy, His tender mercies are over all of His works. And I thought about this. We can be, again, it's a struggle. This is a struggle. We can be like the older brother or we can be like the, the priest and the Levite when they saw the man on the side of the road half dead. And we can walk on the other side of the road and keep going or we can be like the good Samaritan that kicks in and, and does whatever it takes. But I'm here to tell you, our church, I believe, is being teed up. You ever play golf? You tee up a ball. Some of you try to play golf, I'm sure. But you ever play, you tee up a ball before, and, and I believe our church is being teed up for probably one of the greatest growth spurts in, 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 in history. I, and, and I say for, not for the purpose of growth only, but the purpose of our impact in people's lives. Amen. I really believe that. And, and I believe that's why I believe that the Lord's put this, this message on my heart to bring to us is that we would move with compassion. It's your move. It's my move. It's your move. It's our move to move out with compassion and watch God work through us in a very powerful, powerful way. One more scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? Compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves received from God.
and I end with, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I believe he's saying, it's your move. I believe there's all kinds of people around us that need us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father.